This podcast is part of the Power of Podcasting Network. Find it at powerofpodcasting.com. Today on episode number 666, look, I was going to do a bunch of fun Satan stuff and hell and the whole nine yards. Look, we all know Scott Bayo is the Antichrist, so let's just move on, shall we? What we're going to talk about today, I have five things that you might be doing that you think are growing your audience, and no, no, they're not. I've got a cool mic review from NAB, as well as my reflections on NAB. I'm back from Vegas, and we have a Because of My Podcast story. Hit it, ladies! The School of Podcasting! With Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005. I am your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach, Dave Jackson. Thanking you so much for tuning in. This is why I help you massage your message, tackle the technology, face those fears, and flatten the learning curve. And not just get you podcasting, because you can go watch a bunch of old, outdated YouTube videos for that. I want to get you podcasting in the right way. The way that has maximum impact, maximum growth. Our website is schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER, that's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R, when you sign up for either a monthly or yearly subscription. Hey, if you missed episode 665, go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash 665. As I record this, we're all waiting for the last season of Game of Thrones to come on, and if you didn't know it, there's this one character, her name is uh, Daenerys Targaryen, and her. if you were to hear her intro of her podcast, she would say, Daener- Daener- I can't even say her name at this point, Daenerys Targaryen, uh, Daenerys Sto- Stormborn of the House Targaryen, first of her name, the unburnt Queen of the Andals and the First Men, Khaleesi of the Great Grassy, Breaker of Chains, and Mother of Dragons. And if you listen to episode 665 where we talk about editing, I'm pretty sure you could just say Darnarius Targaryen, Mother of Dragons, and we'd all go, okay, good, we're listening. So check that out, schoolofpodcasting.com slash 665. What I want to talk about today are five things that you may be doing that you think are growing your audience but they're not. And over the next, this episode and the next episode, I'm going to be talking about things that are how to get you more productive and how to really impact your audience. And so these are things that I see people doing that I go, uh, no, that's not a good uh, use of your time. It's not a good flow for your content. One other point before we get into this, this originally appeared as an article in the Podcast Business Journal That is a uh, publication that I am a writer for. So if you want to check that out, go out to podcastbusinessjournal.com. I'll have links to this out in the show notes at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 666. Number one. Asking for subscriptions before you deliver value. So it's the, hey, welcome to the show. So glad you're here. Want to let you know that uh, it's the whatever show. And if you go over to Apple Podcasts, you can find us and subscribe to the show. Not a good thing. Now, why is that? Well, some of your audience may see that as a commitment. Subscription. Ooh, that sounds serious. I want to subscribe with you. Right? So they're like, whoa, hold on. So let me give an example. In the same way that I have test-driven every car I've ever purchased, I think people need more than, a I don't know, a couple minutes of your show before you start begging them to subscribe. Like, welcome to the show. This is the best show, and we're going to do the show. And hey, tell me about your French toast recipe. And all right, hey, don't forget to subscribe. No, no value yet. So 
when I buy a car, it's after I know it's delivering value. It started. It got me around the block. It got me on the the freeway and back and nothing fell apart. Okay, good. This car seems to have value. I will commit to it. I will subscribe to a payment in that case. So keep this in mind. Next week, I'm going to be talking about productivity and how you can get more done. Because I know one thing is we all have found out that, wow, podcasting takes more time than I thought it was going to. And I have found some tools that have really ramped up my production. Now, here's something else to think about this. Every one of the tools I'm talking about next week, they all have a free trial. Why? Because those software companies want you to see the value of their software before asking for your money. Now, I understand why you might want to do that because you say, well, I got to get that in here at the beginning because they may not be listening at the end. Well, you could do it somewhere in the middle, somewhere after you've given them some value. Doing it at the very beginning, probably a waste of your time and a waste of their time. Something else, I've mentioned this in the past. Have you ever subscribed to a show because the host said, hey, subscribe to our show? I haven't. But when I find a new show and the title catches my attention, the title of their episodes catches my attention, then I hit play and it's, wow, this is exactly as advertised. I'm like, this is great. And I subscribe immediately. So again, this is why your titles, the title of your episode, the title of your podcast, obviously, but the title of your episodes is also something you should spend some time on. If you need some help with that, go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash headlines. I've got a free download there that will help you with that. But for me, when I find a podcast and I just, I don't know, after a while, you just know good content when you hear it and asking for subscriptions in that first, you know, however many times before you give them value is pretty much a waste of time. Number two, sending people to the haystack That is Apple Podcasts. Now, I work for Libsyn. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, short for Liberated Syndication. Get a free month at Libsyn.com using the coupon code SOPFREE. And one of the things I love about working there is I get a very wide view of the podcasting space. And as I record this in April of 2019, there are 700,000 shows on Apple Podcasts. And consequently, when you get that email from them that says, hey, you're an Apple podcast and you go over and you type in something very generic like golf or real estate or Jesus and you go, hey, my show's not coming up. Can I remind you that there are 700,000 shows in Apple podcasts? And in some cases, your show just may not appear even if you type in the exact name. I actually just went over and looked. You get somewhere, depending on where you look in Apple Podcasts, or actually in this case, it was Apple iTunes, the desktop version, somewhere between 100 and 200, maybe 300 results. So if your golf podcast isn't in the top 300, it's not going to show up. In fact, let me give you an example, a concrete example here. The show, The Feed, it's from Libsyn. It doesn't show up if you type in the feed. That's right. You type in the exact name of the show and it doesn't show up. Now, Glenn, the geek does for Horse Radio Network because he's got some episode talking about feed, apparently horse feed. But just an example of if your marketing strategy 
is I'm going to rely on being found in Apple and or Spotify. I'm having the same issue with Spotify where shows just don't show up. If you go over to schoolofpodcasting.com slash 666, you'll see where I have a video for this. Now, here's the thing. Like, what's the remedy, Dave? You told me the problem. When you are accepted into Apple, into Google, into Spotify, into insert, direct tune in, Stitcher, they all give you a link or there's a way to get a link to your show in that directory. And so I like to use the analogy of a radio dial. Let's say you go on vacation, you're in the middle of Arizona and you hit scan the dial and it's country, 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 country station, country station. So then finally you hear a rock station. What do you do? You go, Ooh, save that in a preset. We're assuming in this situation that we listen to the radio. (laughs) Okay. You get the point. These directories are giving you a preset, a shortcut to your show so your audience doesn't have to find you. And here's the cool thing. You put a link to Apple, to Spotify, to Stitcher, to TuneIn, to Google Podcasts on your website. Send them to your website where there are 699,999 less shows to be lost in. And you could put directions on how to subscribe because sometimes people don't understand what to do. And if you're doing that whole Facebook marketing thing, you could put the Facebook pixel on them so that that whole marketing thing gets, you're not going to get that by sending them to Apple. So I just need to let people know that if your marketing strategy is, oh, I'll just be found in the different apps. Mm -mm. In fact, a recent study by Jacobs Media They interviewed a bunch of radio listeners and the way that those people are finding podcasts, the top 70% say it's through word of mouth. That was like one was 40%, one was 30%, but they were both word of mouth. 11% of people are finding it by searching in the app. So that is not a great marketing strategy. So a much easier way is to send people to your website where you have those shortcuts to your show in their directory and your audience doesn't have to look. So quit saying, find me an Apple podcast because uh, yeah, that's not going to work. Number three. I hear this all the time. Please rate and review my show. It helps us be found in Apple. No. No, it doesn't. Reviews are social proof that they are, but that's it. They don't boost you in the search results. We just kind of explained how the search results in Apple are getting worse. And uh, if you think that having reviews are going to help you, uh, that's just not true. Number four. This one, I saw this one coming a mile away. When sites like Chartable and all these other ones that will report back to you your chart position, I was like, that's going to be a problem, and it is. And I literally, again, I will get people emailing me at the School of Podcasting. I'll get emails at Libsyn because, hey, uh, last week I was number 72 on the Brazilian charts, and this week we're down to number 77. Really? Focus on your audience, make great content and make it easy to share and subscribe, then do that on a consistent basis and you'll end up on the charts. But this whole thing of just chart position, and I've said it before, 
Libsyn had a show on the front page. You can't get any higher than that on the front page of iTunes desktop. You logged in, there it was, and we got maybe a couple hundred downloads. So this whole new chartable thing and charts, it's not looking at your chart position will not make it go higher. But I see people that are apparently digging way into the weeds, going way down the rabbit hole. And I'm just here to tell you, forget about chart position or check it once when you upload your latest episode and go, all right. It reminds me when I was a a teacher in the corporate world, I worked with a guy, really nice guy, really knowledgeable guy. And at the end of every class, you would fill out this form or you would send them to a form later and it would, they would rate your show. And this poor guy would just obsess over this because he was afraid that if he got a bad review, that he was going to get fired or something like that. I could, it's not that I didn't care. I just, at that point, I did the best I could for my class to make sure they understood and could walk out of that classroom with some skills. And if something happened and the class didn't go good, which really didn't happen, which was another reason why I didn't really worry about it. But at any point, if somebody said, hey, Dave, you know, when this happened, what did you do? I don't know that there was a better option. I kind of always did the best I could. So obsessing over chart positions, are you going to go back and redo episode number 17? No, probably not, unless it was horrendous. And we'll talk about that in the next one. Number five. And the fifth thing that you might be doing that you think is going to help grow your audience is upgrading your podcast equipment. As the old saying goes, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. If your audio sounds okay and your audience doesn't have to keep grabbing the volume knob, the chances are your audio is okay. I once contacted, I think it was called Marketing School, with Neil Patel and Eric Sue. And Neil Patel had an Audio-Technica ATR2100, and Eric Sue, I believe, had a Blue Yeti about 15 feet away from him. He sounded horrendous. And I actually contacted him and said, I will buy you an ATR2100 because I like your show that much, but your audio quality is horrendous. And especially because Neil sounded great and Eric sounded awful. Now they have since fixed that. So in some cases, your audience may tell you, hey, what's up with your audio? And there are podcasters that obsess over like super nuanced, you know, oh, should I boost the 200 frequency range or should I be cutting out things at the seven kilohertz? You're And I get that. Those people are typically engineers. And in the same way that we tend to listen eventually through the ears of podcasters, they kind of take that up to the next level. But for me, upgrading equipment to boost your audience would mean that your audio was so bad that people tuned out. So I actually went out and made some bad audio. Here's an example of what I feel is bad audio. All right. So this is me recording on a Blue Yeti. Uh, in the middle of the table with a sample rate of 11 hertz as opposed to 44. And I'm going to guess this is going to sound like caca. And we mentioned earlier that there are 700,000 podcasts. If you had a choice of two shows, which one would you listen to? The one I'm doing right now or the one I just played you with the caca audio. And for the record, as I listen back to this, I 
obsess over this and go, ah, man, there's too much room noise. I got to put some curtains up in here. And I'm sure you're going, what? Because you got to remember, so many of these podcasts are listened to via earbuds or in the car, and none of these subtle nuances ever show up. So how do you create that bad audio? Well, number one, using the built-in microphone in your laptop. Like I said, incorrectly using a Blue Yeti microphone. And for the record, the Blue Yeti is not a bad microphone. I think it's highly overpriced because by the time you buy a stand for it and the pop filter and the shock mount, everything you have to buy for that microphone is special because that microphone is a big, giant snow cone looking thing when you could just buy a Samson Q2U for half the price. So it kind of drives me nuts. I was just listening to another new podcast about podcasting, and the guy keeps recommending the Blue Yeti because it's popular. No, it's popular because nobody does their research and figures out, hey, you know what? There are much better options. So it is overpriced. And when you don't use it properly, which most people do, they just talk into the top of it, have it set to pick up everything. It creates the kind of audio that we just did. Now, I helped it by recording at a super low sample rate, but that's an example of a podcast I wouldn't listen to. Another one is when you try to use one microphone to record two people. And again, the culprit is typically, you guessed it, the Blue Yeti. That doesn't work. And then audio that causes people to keep grabbing the volume knob. If you don't have those options, there's a really good chance that changing microphones is not going to grow your audience. And what I'm going to do here, I'm talking right now into an Electrovoice RE320. I'm going to pull down my Audio-Technica ATR2100, which I'm talking into now. Now, does this microphone sound $300 different? And I'm going to stay on the ATR2100 to finish up this particular segment. There is one time when I think it's understandable why you would upgrade your equipment. As a musician and as a guitar player, how my actual tone of my guitar sounds affects how I play. I'm used to a nice, chunky, distorted rock and roll guitar. And so when I pick something up and it's super thin and there's no distortion, I'm like, eh, it's not that great. And it affects how I play. So if for some reason you had this microphone, the ATR2100, and you're like, mm, I don't really like the way my voice sounds. And you switch to the Electrovoice RE320 and you go, I think I like my voice better on this microphone. Then I get it. My point is, though, that is a different reason. You're getting a different microphone because you just don't like the sound of your voice. And realize sometimes that's science-based. When you listen to your voice, normally, you're hearing part of your voice through your skull. I know that sounds weird. It's called bone conduction. And when you hear your podcast back, you're just using your ears, not your ears and your skull. So it doesn't sound bad. It just sounds different. And in fact, unless... You've had an art. Let's say it's not an argument. Has anyone ever just hung up on you because they couldn't stand the sound of your voice? And I'm pretty sure the answer to that is no. On the phone, mm -mm. no, people don't hang up on me because they can't stand the sound of my voice. Then your voice is fine. It just sounds different and you need to get over it. Holy cow. I just looked at Amazon. The ATR2100 is $67. The RE320 is $295. And I didn't hear a whole lot of difference between those. And if you look at the Samson Q2U, 
That microphone is very similar to the ATR2100. actually has a little better things about it. It doesn't have as much handling noise. It's $59, so it's even cheaper. So again, you don't have to spend gazillions of dollars. And again, you can see where if I did that and I swapped the ATR2100 for an Electrovoice RE320, it's really moving sideways and it's not going to really help me grow my audience. So those five things, again, that you might be doing that you think are helping to grow your audience that probably aren't are, number one, asking for subscriptions before you deliver any value. Number two, sending people to Apple to find your show, sending them to the Haystack. Number three, asking for reviews in Apple or really any place else because it's going to help us be found in Apple. No, no, it doesn't. Number four, obsessing over chart position that is just a waste of your time because the more time you spend on that is less time that you could spend on making really great content and the last one upgrading your podcast equipment when your audio quality is already fine now if you have questions about podcasting gear or need help setting it up or things like that you can go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash my gear and see a lot of the microphones that i recommend as well as i have a free podcast gear guide that walks you through what is a compressor and what is a this and what is that. So check that out, schoolofpodcasting.com slash my gear. In case you missed it, it's time for a podcast rewind. Hey, you remember Jim Harold? He was on the episode where we talked about the Rode Roadcaster Pro. And Jim is a 15-year podcast veteran. He's normally speaking about paranormal and Bigfoot and things like that. And sometimes you want to talk about things besides Bigfoot and ghosts and aliens. And so Jim has launched Podlords at podlords.com. I was the first guest, and Podlords is where we talk to podcast royalty. I had one friend of mine that was doing a show. He was interviewing other small business people and entrepreneurs. And I said, great. I said, so how's that working for you? He goes, well, it's it's not really driving a lot of business to my wife's real estate. And I'm like, wait a minute, you didn't mention your wife's real estate. He says, well, yeah, that's kind of why I'm doing this. I said, well, your content isn't in a line with your goal. So if if you know why I'm doing this is I want to drive business to my wife's real estate. Well, then let's not talk to entrepreneurs from all over the world. Let's do a local show about how to buy and sell houses and we'll do community events so that the people that would listen to this are people in your local area. And they know that, Hey, it's, you know, it's Jack and Linda, man, if you want to sell a house, go talk to these guys because now they know, like, and trust you because you're in their ear every week. So I think that's part of it. You have to know why you're doing it. And I was also the first guest on my perfect podcast This is by host Ryan Jackson, who is a member of the School of Podcasting. The show is From Technique to Technology, What's Your Perfect Podcast? What is the one thing in interviews that you never get asked that you always want to talk about? Ooh, I don't think people talk enough about being good. You know, I, there was a guy I was talking who's, I will keep the other consultant uh, nameless and we will keep the person nameless. But there was somebody who was really upset because he was approaching a friend of mine and he's saying, look, I need to monetize my show and I need to monetize it now. And so they went in and looked at his stats and I'm not making this up. He had not nine, not 11. He had 10 total downloads. And so this person is really focused and there's nothing wrong with wanting to make money with your podcast. You don't have to, but a lot of people want to do that. 
But, you know, when you hear the word crowdfunding, the first part of that word is crowd. And to get a crowd, you have to be good. I always love to hear the end of this sentence because of my podcast. And then they finish it. And today we're going to hear from Brandon. Hi, Dave. This is Brandon from Florida Focus, a college football podcast. You can find us at floridafocuspodcast.com. I want to share with you a because of my podcast story. So we started our show, uh, well, March will be one year ago, and my mother recently passed away. Uh, she Before she did, she actually sent me a voicemail singing happy birthday to me, and she always supported us, even though she really didn't know what podcasting was. So I was able to put that voicemail as uh, part of an episode that we recently released. So it's a memory that will never be forgotten and is there permanently. I was also able to use that to share that episode with family and friends, so they were able to hear that voice message as well. So it meant a whole lot to us, and it was glad to have a little part of her remaining with us permanently. Brandon, thank you so much for sharing that. I'm sorry for your loss. I did something similar. I had my grandpa read the Christmas story into a cassette deck when he moved out of Ohio, and I managed to weave that into a podcast that I did so my whole family could hear it. Now, if you can answer that question because of my podcast, blank, I would love to hear it. Just go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact. I do prefer that you send those in via audio. It's just not as good when I read it to you. And another question, speaking of questions, is we do the question of the month. And I need these by April 26, 2019, because the last episode of the month, I always feature this. And this is what part, if any, of your podcast are you paying to have done? So are you paying for an editor? Are you paying for show notes? Or obviously you're paying for hosting. Maybe not. I don't know. And if you're not paying for anything, I want to hear you say, no, I'm not paying for anything too, because we need to to kind of get both sides of that story. So again, go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact. The question of the month is, are you paying for any part of your podcast production? And I need that by April 26, 2019. Does anyone know what a podcast is? It's radio on the internet. My mom listens to them, and they're totally boring. Hey, before I share how my trip went to Vegas and my experience at the NAB show, I want to let you know if you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start, I've kind of confused some people because I have a three-month mentorship program where I meet with you weekly for a quick 15-minute phone call to keep you on course, and that currently is sold out. Now, it'll be opening up very soon, but I wanted to let you know that the School of Podcasting is still open, so you can sign up for a monthly or yearly subscription. That includes group coaching as well as every Wednesday we get together for group coaching, so you're never alone with the School of Podcasting, but just because the what we're calling the Podcast Quick Start is sold out, uh, the School of Podcasting is still wide open, and I'm also still available for one-on-one consulting. Last weekend, I was in Vegas. Actually, I was there for the whole week for the National Association of Broadcasters, better known as the NAB Show. I was there with uh, Rob Walsh, who is the VP of podcaster relations at Libsyn. I was there as a tech support person for Libsyn along with Crystal O'Connor, who is in tech support and also does all of our educational tutorials. And I got to tell you, NAB was crazy. This is a thing that took up the entire, the entire Las Vegas convention center. And 
you had everything there from, it's not really a podcasting conference, but here's the thing. Over the years, they keep giving more and more space to podcasting, to this kind of broadcasting event. And if I could sum it up in one sentence, podcasting definitely has radio's attention. Where in the past, people were like, hey, what's a podcast? Now they're like, hey, hi, I own six radio stations and I need to get into podcasting. That was an actual quote from somebody. I'm like, well, let me tell you about Libsyn's Enterprise Solution. So that was very interesting, and it was a great time, and I got to hang out. What's really cool about podcasting, uh, the what the last night there, Rob Greenley from Spreaker, we had Addie Saucedo from Simplecast, you had Todd Cochran and Mike Dell from Blueberry, myself from Libsyn, Rob Walsh from Libsyn. We went out to dinner with a whole bunch of people, and we get along great. We Everybody's like, oh, you're not going to claw each other's eye out? No, that's business. And where else can I geek out about podcasting than other podcasters? So it was uh, it was great fun. And we got to sing happy birthday to Chris Curran from Podcast Engineering School. And I got to talk with Ralph M. Rivera, who's working on Podcasters Toolbox. And if you kind of wondering like what happened to that thing, there's a whole story there, but I will just let you know that Ralph is now working on Podcasters Toolbox. So that's exciting. And I got free stuff. Yeah, this was cool. I've always wanted to play with or sample a Samson boom arm. Now, if you a boom arm is those big black things you clamp to your desk and they're really cool because you basically when you need your microphone, you pull it down, it stays in place. And when it's done, you move it back and you get your desk back. There's no stand to move and things like that. And you've probably heard about the Heil, uh, it's a PL2T boom arm. It used to be $120 and it was interesting because Rode has a really nice boom arm. It's $99 and Blue just came out with a boom arm that is also $99. So the PL2, or I'm sorry, the PL2T used to be $120 is now $110. But the thing I like about the Samson, and I actually got to play with one. In fact, I'm getting ready to clamp one on my desk right now, is they have the Samson. It's the MBA38, and it's a really sturdy boom arm. I love it. It's got a kind of a C-clamp if you just want to clamp it to your desk, or if you want to mount it permanently, they have kind of a mount that you can drill into your desk to stick it there. And the only really difference that I saw between the two is the PL2T has kind of a little channel that you stick the the cable in and then you put this little plastic cover over it where the Samson arm just comes with some Velcro straps for you to strap it to. And so for me, the difference in, you know, basically 50 bucks, I can handle some Velcro straps to save 50 bucks. So I want to say thanks to uh, the peeps out at Samson. And uh, you'll probably be hearing more about those folks because we might be doing some giveaways in the future. I have to go investigate that a little bit. But that was one of the advantages for me of going to NAB is I walked in within 10 minutes and talked to the Samson booth. And they're like, yeah, would you want to do some giveaways in the future? And I'm like, "Uh, yeah, I love to give my audience free stuff. And then later I got to see Dan at Focusrite, and you'll probably hear me talking about Focusrite as they're going to re-up their their uh, advertising on the School of Podcasting. So NAB was a great time. I'm very happy to be home. In fact, I don't go out on the road again until June, and that's where I'll be at the Utah Podcast Summit. You can find that at, you guessed it, Utah Podcast Summit. 
Com. Looking forward to that trip. And then later in the year, I've got Podcast Movement. I'll be also speaking at FinCon and the Military Influencer Conference. That's going to be in September. And then I've got a Youngstown, Ohio event called the Doyo. It's a digital marketing thing. When The beauty of that one, that one's like 45 minutes from my house. And you can find all these out at schoolofpodcasting.com. Next week, we'll be talking about some really cool tools and some strategies for you to get more stuff done in less time. And I say this from personal experience. I've been doing this the last couple of weeks and was like, holy cow, it's hard to get me to focus. I'm a bit ADD, and this is some really cool tools. So go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash subscribe and never miss an episode and I will see you next week. Until then, class is dismissed. Take care and God bless. I always love to hear the end of this sentence because of my cop. Uh, easy for me to say. 